Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'll just make sure I have, you know, no debts in life. I'm not really a big car person or anything like that. I, I've always invested to buy my time back and, you know, I'll, I'll st- stay by that. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump. And in this episode, we chat with Scott O'Neill, winner of Your Investment Property Strategic Investor of the Year and founder of Rethink Investing. O'Neill shares with us his current position in his property journey, having moved from residential to commercial property, his own experiences with the two types and his future plans. Having just returned from holiday in Europe, O'Neill is excited to dive straight back into property. Went over to Europe for three months. So we just, um, same old story, we've been living off the income of the properties and um, yeah, it's, it just gives you a good little break to, to go away and come back refreshed and yeah, there's all sorts of things changing with the property market so it's, it's good to be kept on the toes and yeah, just looking forward to the next challenges. Since his last appearance on the podcast, O'Neill has grown his portfolio by almost $7 million and transitioned into commercial property. I think we had about $11 million at the time. Uh, we're now up to $18 million, just under. So, we, five of the, sorry, four out of the last five properties I bought were commercial. I also bought a, a family home to live in. So, commercial is the big difference. Um, when we spoke last, we were very focused on High growth residential with good cash flow that creates equity for the next one. These days, I'm more and more interested in commercial because the cash flow is superior, the tenants are better, the leases are longer, and uh, you wouldn't believe it, but the dollar, uh, you know, dollar for dollar, you get better value out of commercial, and that's just because lending can be a little bit trickier. So, five hundred thousand in commercial is a better property than a five hundred thousand dollar residential. Just generalising, and. It's good for debt reduction. You know, these properties will pay themselves off, you know, in a number of years. And I like that because you're not having to play the markets, worry about if it goes up or down. You're literally just sitting on a a nice solid lease and that will pay you an income. O'Neill's clients have also experienced the ease of property investment. Like I had a client um, that he bought two properties. He'd never bought properties before this. So he... Spent a total of 780000 split between two properties. He had a 70% loan on each. Uh, the, the returns after all costs, after maintenance, um, interest, literally every cost, he was getting about 42000 a year passive income just from those two properties. He had to come up with 30% deposits, but, you know, like the numbers don't lie. Like that's, that's a great start for retirement. Like he's just obsessed of getting the third one, hopefully get another twenty. You know, and then you know you're not far off 100 grand passive income without 
spending, you know, a ten ten million dollars, for instance, you're you're getting in at a low price point. That's why it's been popular. Having now dabbled a bit in commercial property, O'Neill has a few industries he'd like to invest in. So I've um, dabbled in medical, like little medical centres, um, convenience stores, slash sort of small supermarkets, um, warehouses in well-located areas. And, um, you know, for clients, we've, we've been looking at all sorts of things from $180,000 warehouses to, you know, $10 million shopping centres. And, you know, there's also, you know, there's, you can go unlimited in this space. It really depends on your strategy. But I, I stick to well-located capital city type properties, you know, three-year leases minimum, sometimes five, sometimes ten. Uh, the tenant needs to pay all your outgoings. You've got to have confidence that there's some relatability to it. So if the tenant goes, you can find a new one. And, you know, there's all sorts of um, things you can look into, like the fit-out costs. Uh, I like dentists, for instance, because they've got very – costly fit outs that make them fairly stable so they're not going to go move their uh, office just because you raise their rent up five percent they're going to stay because it might cost them 300 grand to move so they're the types of things we're looking into and to be honest like there's more and more competition every day like we were buying quite heavily two years ago um, for clients and the difference in competition even in the last two years it's it's, I reckon it's up fivefold. You know, deals are going quick. You can't sit on your hands like you used to. On the flip side, the residential markets are quite uh, quite cool at the moment. They're not really, um, you know, some markets are hot, like your Tasmanian markets, but you're just not seeing the same increased activity. And that's pushed me more and more towards commercial from a personal point of view and a business point of view. And yeah, I think we'll we'll stick on this track long term. Okay. So, I'm curious, for people who don't know too much about what's happening in the market, um, what have been sort of the target type of properties you've been going for? You, you obviously mentioned commercial. What are the other ones that you, you would be looking at? Yeah, so the other ones are low entry point distressed sales, capital city. So, you sub $500,000, you know, land properties. So, it might be a three or four bedroom house or a block and... We're buying up to 80% of these properties off market these days. So there's a lot of distress sales out there. And when the agents know you because you've been buying for years, they come to you for quick sales. There's no marketing campaigns. There's no six, 12 week, uh, you know, walkthrough campaigns either. It's a quick deal. It might be because it's a divorce sale or maybe the, you know, there's someone in the house that's lost his job and he needs the deposit out of his house and he just needs to put a you know a quick sale on it and doesn't want a big signpost out the front saying sold or for sale you know that it's embarrassing to a lot of people so quick offline deals will mean you can pick them up between 5 and 10% below market value and they're quite conservative numbers um you very rarely get more than 10% but on a 500 grand property that's 50 grand below market value which is a great start into equity and the cash flow is quite good on those ones. And along that, you just need to be very confident the market's rising. So all the normal basic residential things, you need infrastructure, spending, population growth, rising incomes, tight vacancy rates, all of that stuff, um, plus more. And they are great little investments. Uh, you, the purchase prices or the buy-in deposits required are quite minimal. Mm-hmm. 
With growth in Sydney's property market stabilizing, Anil recommends turning to development as well. Like we've got clients with as little as 45,000, 40,000 coming in, being able to buy a property and that the rest is loaned, but that covers the deposit, the stamp duty, solicitor fees, you know, building reports, etc. And um, the other thing that's really been working and that this is a sign of the times with Sydney and Melbourne dropping uh, quickly at the moment, I think Sydney's dropped at its fastest rate since 1990. So people are a little bit wary that the growth that we used to be able to expect is no longer here. So you've got to be a little bit more active and the development side of things are definitely growing. And you mentioned you were into developments. We are too. We're, we're a little bit more focused on quick turnaround development. So you buy a duplex site, you know, build it, and then you start a title it and you can sell one side off or the other. The good thing is the banks actually are lending against the future value of these properties too. So you can, you know, you've got to come up with a 20% deposit plus cost. But you know, once you start a title, it you get the bank out there and you can pull out 80% of the new value, and that could be 100, 200 grand more, and that's enough to then bankroll into the next property. And the great thing about duplexes is the the yield is really good. So with many other types of developments. There are, they're going to be a lot draw, longer drawn out, but there's, um, you know, the, the yield left over with a finished product is sometimes not what you want. Uh, it's too low because you're, uh, you're relying on the profit to sell. But duplexes, you might be up getting a six to seven percent gross yield on the final product. So that gives you the ability to just to hold onto it and hopefully wait five years, wait for it to grow even more, and you'll make uh, even more money if you can do that. Unlike residential property investing. It is much more challenging to find quality commercial properties. Biggest challenge by far is finding quality stock. So there is a hell of a lot of properties out there that have no tenants uh, or there's a tenant leaving or it's overpriced or there's just something wrong with it. We're finding it, uh, well, our biggest challenge is just finding a property with a good lease, a good tenant and it's well located at the right price. There's far less stock out there. Residential, the there's hundreds of times the stock out there. Commercial, it's it can be slim picking. So you just really got to be uh, quick when a good one comes up. And you know we we generally buy a property within a day. So no one, no individual buyer can really compete with that, especially if we've got a 24-hour head start. And even then, we lose a lot of good deals. It's it's a frustrating space. But when you do pull the deals off, you uh, you get. Uh, you know the deal of the year it feels like it every time and it's uh, yeah it's exciting the rents are good and you know they you, you know if you buy a property with a five-year lease and just put all that surface cash back into the loan even in five years you've half paid it off and you know give it another five years you're uh, you're almost there and you haven't chipped in any of your own money and this is why retirees love it people who are just getting close to leaving the workforce um Super fund purchases of it's it's a great product to put in, um, you know, as a general comment uh, into a super fund because it's passive. The cash flow is great. You know, you don't need to do any work on them, and yeah, it's it's just been a it's just a challenge to find those types of properties because they're not you know growing on trees. And the best way to think of that is if the, if you own a commercial property yourself and it's got a good lease, a good tenant, 
even if you lose your job, that's probably the last thing you're going to sell. You're going to hold on to it. So do people selling these properties, they're normally two types of people. There are older people cashing out, squaring debt off forever, or someone else who's consolidating their funds just to put it into some type of development or bigger commercial property or something along those lines. So there's a, there's not a great selection. And, um, you know, the, re- the rest is fairly standard to residential, I guess. However, O'Neill believes there are many benefits to investing in commercial properties over residential. So the benefits of commercial longer leases, uh, they're much quieter investments. Like my commercial properties, are they're already my favorite ones because I don't hear anything from them. I've got a lot of residential properties and every morning I wake up, there's an email saying there's an aircon that needs replacing or a hot water tank or tenants left. Like it's It gets draining when you own a lot over many years, but the commercials, I don't even know I own them. They just, <laughs> I, I literally, it's like a cost center. It just drops some money in your bank account once a month and the tenant looks after all the insurances, maintenance, everything. You actually don't even need a rental manager half the time because it's a direct debit setup from the from the tenant themselves so imagine doing that with a residential property you know within one month they wouldn't pay their rent anil prefers the commercial space due to its large profits and simplicity he also believes it is now easier to get into that than in the past i I much prefer that space from from you know just simplicity point of view and finance is actually not too bad uh, it used to be it got to pay a percent or so more uh, compared to a residential rate for commercial. But for instance, like all my personal commercial loans are on 4.69% uh, loans, and that's the same as my residential. So it's kind of like for like these days. A and Z have been doing 20% deposits, and so normally it was a minimum of 30% for this space. Now that's not for every type of property or every client, but it's interesting to see the banks are loosening up in this space and it's probably in the face of the troubles the banks are finding with APRA and the Bank of Royal Commission. They're getting punished in that side, but the banks still want market share. They still need to make money. So they're going for a little bit more market share in commercial, I think. You know, I'm not in the banks myself, but I am seeing commercial lending getting a, a little bit easier. And um, yeah, it's, that's been a big change in the last couple of years and uh, you know the rates are quite healthy they're, they're comparable to residential now so that just makes the benefits of commercial even better because you get extra yield with less you know the same cost as a residential loan you know there's um you know if you, if you can afford the bigger deposit it's you know to me at least like in many cases it's a no-brainer to to have a look into this space at least explore it Neil bought his first commercial property in Perth and despite Perth's slow market, it was a huge success. It was a convenience store and um, it was basically two properties. It was a convenience store and a fish and chip shop in Perth. Had a really high yield, 10% plus um, net return and it was my first time into it and it felt like I was buying my first property even though I've helped hundreds of clients buy residential properties before that period, uh, before that time. it felt new, felt a bit scary. So I do understand why people are reluctant to get into this space because we're told of the horror stories um, with long vacancies and whatnot. And I basically took the plunge because I felt like a convenience store and a fish and chip store, especially in a, a suburban area, 
it's fairly recession proof. You know, like Perth is in a pretty bad state in the property market. It has been since 2012. But these businesses tick along. And if anything, when the markets aren't doing too great, there's probably more people going down to buy their food from a convenience store and, you know, that keep money will flow into these businesses continually. Like they they sell cigarettes, they make money from that. There's there's all sorts of little um you know convenience revenues they they get, and that property just kept growing. And it was there's a four percent increase on my lease, and that's guaranteed growth because as the rent increases, the value of a commercial is determined, you know, from the type of asset and the the net yield it returns. So as that net yield grows, so does your property. So even if the residential markets are falling off a cliff, dropping 10% per annum, if you're getting a 4% increase and your rent's still at market level, you're going to get an increase in equity. And that's what I like about commercial. However, O'Neill's first commercial property was only a success after intense research about it in the commercial space. You can research your way past the market in many cases. And you know, if, the, if the economy tanks, there's always, uh, you know, there might be other impacts but you're protected from it by you know a lot more than you ever would be in residential because yeah it's it's just these are specific properties you're buying the tenant and the the quality of the property and you know that that was the first daunting step into it and i quickly realized after about three months that the rent came in like clockwork never heard from it uh, I renegotiated a longer lease on it, the bank like that, and I, that was like the light bulb moment to go, this is not as hard as people think. I Don't get me wrong, I, I asked a thousand questions, called up, you know, everyone I knew. Like it, it wasn't just I just bought a property. It was a hell of a lot of research before. But And I, I even got told by half the people not to buy it. Now, I remember I was actually in, I was in uh, overseas in Greece when I was buying this one and I met two people from Perth at the time and I told them I was thinking about buying a, you know, that's how many people I'd ask. Like I'd be at a, you know, you'd chat to some random people, find out where they live and then ask them about the property market. And they laughed at me when I said I was thinking about going into commercial in Perth. They said, have you seen the market? It is for, it's got a long way to fall. Like they, you know, they viewed me as a young person that didn't really know too much about it. So they were trying to protect me. But, you know, that property is, been one of the better cash flow properties I've got in my portfolio. It gives me over 30000 a year in the pocket and that's been growing every year. It's been three, three and a, about three years I've had it. So that's 90000 of passive income I've just collected for doing nothing. Have you had any issues um, or, or stories about where things haven't gone right with commercial property in your portfolio since you, you own so many now? Not personally. Um, the, look, with with the company we've um, rethink investing, we've bought about oh, it's it's about three hundred commercial properties. We've only ever had two go vacant in that. Those two that went vacant were from expanding businesses. So it's not always a bad business. Sometimes businesses can grow, grow too quick, and that so you need to research into that, like the age of the you know the tenant operating it. Like you've got to understand all those dynamics and. You know, there, there was about three months vacancy on each of those, so it's not too bad. Uh, but you know, if you buy the wrong type of property, um, so some of the risks to watch out for, uh, it's called a sale leaseback. So, let's say the um, there's a tenant that owns the property, they're going to sell it 
for cash flow reasons. They need it for their business expansion or whatever it is, and then they'll rent back off you. More often than not, the rent is inflated. Coming up after the break, we'll continue our conversation with Scott O'Neill as he shares the time where he almost made a failed purchase in commercial property. It was a $50,000 a year uh, like restaurant that, that that was the rent they were paying. And, I, you know, I got excited, nearly, you know, got right into it. I was basically putting verbal offers in on it. His future plans with commercial property? I've got 28 properties currently, but I think in 10 years, I'll have around 10. But they're going to be a different 10 and they're going to be higher quality commercial properties um, with low debt level. How his business mentors have helped him? Two most important uh, uh, mortgage broker and accountant for me. The accountant sets your structures up, make sure every, you're protected in every way. Uh, obviously, complete taxes and do that in an efficient way. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Anil shares a story on how he almost bought into a failed commercial property. I remember looking at this property in Hobart. It was showing about a 10% return. It was a $50,000 a year uh, like restaurant. That, that, that was the rent they were paying. And, I, you know, I got excited, nearly, you know, got right into it. I was basically putting verbal offers in on it. And then I started just researching the square meter rates for other similar businesses in the area. And they were paying roughly double. So. If we paid 500000 for it out of 10% net yield, the real rent was probably around the 25000 to 30000 So we could have overpaid that by well over 200000 just because there was a, a dodgy setup with the rent. So unfortunately, I was, about a week after I stopped talking to that agent, that property sold for under five hundred. So some poor person went out there and they've thrown hundreds of thousands of dollars away. And... No doubt that tenant's just going to somehow stop paying rent and vanish. And then you're left with this overpriced property. So it's not a space to go into if you're, you're green or you don't have the time to do research. It's, it's more complicated. Residential, you, you know, it's easier to get your head around it because people understand it. They know the dynamics of what people want to live in and vacancy rates, et cetera. But commercially, you've got to understand the trends of the businesses like medicals growing. Um, storage, for instance, because of a lot of you know online type companies, less manufacturing. That means more importing for Australia. So, well located warehouses, smaller ones, not too big, are, are doing quite well. Rents are increasing, therefore capital growth is coming. Um, and then all the usual stuff like the childcare, the supermarkets, all those big long leases are in demand because you've got a lot of the. Superfund crew, uh, baby boomers looking for safe haven assets. And as more and more of them lose confidence in the share market, like it has been lately, uh, there's going to be more people get pushed towards this space, even if they didn't initially want to. It is it is safe when you invest in the right property. But if you go buy a 3,000 square meter warehouse in, you know, middle of the, a regional city and that goes vacant, it could be vacant for two years. So there's it's commercials are they're not all the same obviously as for his future plans on his property journey anil is planning to sell down but buy into high quality commercial properties 
I'll probably sell down my least favourite residential slowly. You know, as the, I've got a lot up in Brisbane, so I'll sit on the Brisbane properties. Maybe in five years, if that market's done quite well, I'll sell off a property or two or three. And I'm just going to transition more and more into commercial. Like I've got 28 properties currently, but I think in 10 years I'll have around 10. But they're going to be a different 10 and they're going to be higher quality commercial properties um, with low debt levels. I think that is what investing is all about. It's about the income you receive. If I'm getting a, a really nice large income every month hitting the bank account, you actually don't care what capital growth you know, is coming out of it because you're not going to refinance or sell at some point. Capital growth actually does become irrelevant once you get to a certain stage. Unless you want to be, you know, debt riddled your whole life and continually leverage up, that's got a shelf life. You know, you're always at the mercy of banks. You need that at the start. It's the only way for the average income person to acquire a number of assets. And if you sit on those assets for 10, 20 plus years, you're going to do very well. You'll get ahead of the rest of the population that doesn't. So debt is vital. It's the only way to get ahead unless you're getting an enormous income. Once you've made the money, start transitioning into stuff like this, commercials, even have a go at developing. There's there's many different angles you can go, but uh, it's it's a way of paying debt off. And uh, I would, I'm looking forward to it. To be honest, have have just a few different properties. They're going to be higher value, uh, lower debt, um, all that kind of stuff. It's um, a space that I'll I'll be in for sure. Say you still have the asset of say $18 million of A, probably worth more in 10 years' time and you're getting a 10% return, that could potentially be worth $1.8 million worth of income coming in. What would you do with that much money coming in? <laughs> well, I, I, obviously, once all the debt's gone, good question. I, I'll just make sure I have you know no debts in life. I'm not really a big car person or anything like that. I, I always invested to buy my time back and you know i'll st- stay by that like i'll probably buy a little property in greece somewhere so you know we've got a place there and yeah obviously you pass it on to kids and and that set them up for the future like that's that's where i want to go i don't think there's any sense just you know forever chasing the dream like um you do it as a hobby and, you know, that's I'll, I'll always do my business because I love it and, you know, we'll, we'll just sort of just uh, do what we want to do type of thing rather than have to do it. You know, all that side of things, you've got, you know, family home now, you've got a portfolio of commercial property and residential. What's next? I'd probably just start a family. We've bought a house, um, typical worst house on the best street. Um, so, <laughs> we're... we're uh, you know, divorce sale, it was, I think we got it nearly half price, to be honest. Um, wow. So, when we do rebuild on this, it's going to be a, a good little, um, you know, it's a way into a higher grade property that we wouldn't have otherwise been able to afford. So, you know, we'll be talking to sort of architects and looking looking forward to that little, you know, adventure. It's probably going to be a frustrating one doing a build that you live in, no doubt, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it and just focus more on the uh, the business. Um, we want to keep growing. We've been the fastest growing buyers agency according to the financial review for the last two years in a row. So, you know, that, that's been great fun sort of keeping that going and, you know, we're, we just want to help other clients do the same. And I do, you know, as corny as it sounds, you do get a massive kick out of helping 
people, you know, take these steps, whether it's the first-time buyer or someone who's got 10 properties already and they're finally taking the plunge into commercial or developing, they, you know, it's you, you know what it was like for you in that space and, you know, I, I would have appreciated, you know, advice at the time and, you know, I got it just – I had to get it from many different resources rather than one or two. Um, so, yeah, I do appreciate looking after people and everything like that. So that's that's going to be the same. We'll continue that and hopefully we'll keep growing. Despite all his success in property investment, Anil doesn't have property mentors, rather appreciates mentors on the business side of things. I've got a couple of business ones like my accountant, for instance. He's He's been you know, he's very close to home. Like He will help me with all sorts of pieces of advice with the business and even second glance over properties from a numbers point of view. Um, but I don't really have any property mentors or you know that type of stuff. It, it's really self-driven. Um, I just like property and because of that, I can put extra time into it that others may not be able to. So, yeah, it, it's... You know, it, my father in the early days was great. He was, um, you know, very negative on, on property. Like he, he had, um, you know, some incidents where he made money and also lost money. So it was always good to hear the worst case scenario because parents always try to protect you. And, you know, he, he, he was there to say, you know, show me what's wrong with certain properties. So that gave me an eye for picking properties apart. You know, I'd look at something and go, there's, a whole lot wrong with that and it's just because I had that negative mindset about properties and half the reason I've been able to grow a portfolio this large is I haven't had a big mistake moment yet touch wood I've we've done we've done all right like from the start and just having a setback in a portfolio can put you years behind so if you're going to avoid having a setback that's uh that's a big part of the equation to get ahead and a lot of I like I don't like the comments about you know you've got to fail you've got to fail you know it's got some uh, logic in business but you don't fail in property it's too expensive uh, it's going to push you back years and you're going to need a lot of good decisions just to break even so yeah there's uh, a time for that but not in property as for the most important people helping him with the technicalities of property investment anil credits his mortgage broker and accountant two most important uh, uh, mortgage broker and accountant for me. The accountant sets your structures up, make sure every, you're protected in every way. Uh, obviously, complete taxes and do that in an efficient way. And the mortgage broker, when they're a good one, that does everything commercial, residential developments. Um, hopefully, they're a, like the guy I use is a very experienced investor himself. He's been a great asset too because he's, you know, the one helping you get finance for these properties and I see so many clients just use their local suburban mortgage broker who is used to just doing vanilla four-bedroom homes. As soon as you start getting into larger portfolios or doing more complicated stuff, they just get left behind and their mortgage brokers often tell them not to do stuff and my mortgage broker will tell me not to as well but it'll be for a good reason, not just because they don't understand it and you need a good uh, team around you with property. Um, obviously, like really trusted builders on the ground, property managers, all the all the usual people you need for property are still there with both commercial and residential. 
But O'Neill ultimately believes that it is up to the individual to make good investment decisions and acquire success through property investment. At the end of the day, it's it's really on you though. You just got to take the opinions of all these different people and ask a lot of questions. You got to put the time in, which um, you know that that's the hardest bit. People, I don't know the uh, the actual stat, but there was a, a an article out a little while ago that people put many times the hours into picking their car compared to their investment property because there's more interest in it. So, an investment property could be worth, you know many, many, many times the value of the most expensive car you ever buy, yet you'll invest a lot more time into picking the right car. So that, you know, that's that's a good message. You just need to put the time into it and there's no shortcuts in it. It's not rocket science. You just got to really be on the ground and pick a good deal and there's no mentor that really can show you. You just got to be there to, to uh, you know, capitalize on it. For those who like to learn more about O'Neill and his property journey, you can contact him via email or phone. Best way is our email at info at rethinkinvesting.com.au or if you prefer to call, it's 1300 965 551 and we can walk you through all these different uh, investment strategies from the distressed sales to duplex development or uh, the commercial side. Uh, we'll, we'll sort of uh, be your mentor in any of these directions. Thank you to Scott O'Neill, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey or past episodes, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com.